Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Wonderful guest, world traveling guest, boy, that is for sure, who's lived lots of time overseas in different places. We'll talk about that. Steve Baldwin with createmobile.org. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Craig. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, Steve and I met a few years ago at a wonderful missions conference where there was a media track uh, back 2009 called Call to All, Call to All. And we just hit it off along with two or three other people and um, network and friends and colleagues and we share things in common. It's, uh, It's really a cool way to go. Steve's our guest today on our podcast. Now, Steve, I don't know enough about your backstory, which is how did you get involved in film and media? I mean, to, uh, give our listeners an idea of uh, your background. Well, to, to make that the long story short, uh, I can confess to being a frustrated thespian and uh, had, had started off um, working on a master's degree and performing arts education at Emerson College. And it, and it was out of the hubris of youth thinking that most of the plays that were out there weren't things that I wanted to be in and that I would probably do a better job if I wrote my own roles. And uh, which of course, looking back now was, you know, very silly, but I did earn a degree in theater and spent a lot of time in, in theater. And, and my work was always judged as being very visual and, and, and I would submit plays to competitions and they would write me back and say, why, are, why aren't you doing film? And after hearing that a couple of too many times, I, I started to make the um, transition into a film career uh, by doing the really nutty thing of not leaving Massachusetts, uh, which is probably not, you know, really, really the way to rise in Hollywood or Bollywood or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I worked on local productions and I learned a lot. And I, uh, I, I eventually started my own um, production company specializing in doing um, largely promotional videos for Christian nonprofit organizations. I spent many years doing that. And it was while I was doing some work for, and you'll appreciate this, doing some work for World Vision. Mm-hmm. And they they'd, they'd dropped me in, uh, in Africa for uh, a couple of weeks on a World Vision vision trip with donors. And that, uh, you know, that broke my heart. And I, and I really felt that that time the Lord was speaking to me about uh, using, you know, what, what few um, talents I had in the, in the field of video production and, and using them more intentionally for his kingdom. And uh, was, was, you know, having my heart broken in, in Malawi. Oh, Came yeah. back from that trip and, and told my wife, uh, what do you think about doing video, video missions? And uh, how, how old were you at this time? You know, I was, I would have been, in, I, I guess, probably in my late thirties, probably. Mm-hmm. 
creeping up on 40. You know, I should know the answer to that, and I don't. Maybe I was 40, but it was, I think I was like 38 or some such. Okay. But, you know, I came home and I said to, I said to my wife, Allison, uh, how do you feel about getting into video missions? And uh, she, she had been praying uh, relentlessly, regularly, about being involved with something greater than ourselves. And so then that started us on the, on the journey of, you know, trying to find uh, uh, a media mission that we wanted to be a part of. And I got this, I got this great advice from um, Doug Birdsong, who was the, uh, well, you know, he's a very famous missiologist these days. And he said, you know, you could start your own ministry or you could go find someone that's doing what you want to do and go do it with them and you'll spend less time fundraising. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good advice. And so then I met with Trisha Johnson and she is uh, uh, the um, missions coordinator at our church. And it turns out she and her husband, Todd Johnson, knew Calvin and Carol Conkey from the very, like before Calvin and Carol Conkey started Create International. So bless Trisha, she put me on the path towards uh, learning about Create International. And the more we learned about them, the more we thought, that's the crazy outfit of people we want to be working with. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, you know, then, you know, then it was like, we had to sell everything we owned and move to Australia, which we were quite excited about. And that didn't last long. And next thing you know, we're up in Thailand. And now I, now Craig, I suffer for the Lord on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Yeah, it's really tough. <laughs> I'll, yeah, be, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be right over for either shrimp or Maine lobster, whatever you can afford over there. That's okay? right. Well, well, we won't give you Maine lobster. We'll, we'll give you Cape Cod lobster. We'll give you okay. Nantucket. That's we'll get right. some cod or, or, or some kind of something. Yeah, but, you know, I'm only here. I mean, on a normal year, I'm only here about half the year. The, you know, the other half I'm roaming around uh, producing, directing, and training largely. Right, right. So you're, you've made the transition, and I believe this was through YWAM, Youth with a Mission, am I right? That's right. Create International is a transnational ministry of Youth with a Mission. So, of course, we had to jump through all of the YWAM hoops, uh, which involves a discipleship training uh, school, which we did. So we, you know, we've definitely drank the YWAM Kool-Aid. And, uh, and now, now, you know, technically we run a YWAM team. We run a create international team. It just so happens that we don't have a base where people drink the Kool-Aid with us. Sure. They are, um, you know, I've got, I've got a, a, a very distinguished um, colleague that's in your time zone. And then I've got two out here on the East Coast uh, that are, outside of DC who are amazing. And then we got this other young guy. I say young, he's probably 30 something. And he's, um, he suffers for the Lord near Providence, Rhode Island. So, there you know, we, we've got a small team, but it's a, it's a great team. I'm, I'm really blessed with a very, very talented and motivated uh, team. And, and it's not so much that they have skills, they all have skills, but they've got their heart in the right place. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that they have, they, they have the right attitude you know, and, and that'll get you, that'll get you a long way, I think. Now you do, for our viewers, we're talking to Steve Baldwin with uh, createmobile.org, createmobile, 
with an E on the end of it, dot O-R-G. And Steve uh, produces, directs, and probably writes um, international films. He's an, literally an international filmmaker where he has directed films, India, Japan, China, Pakistan. I thought, I think I saw something in Sweden, Sierra Leone, uh, and wherever a good story and a location will draw him, that's where he goes. So do you take uh, your, your guys your, oh, or ladies, your crew with you to, to all these sites? How does that work? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, usually when we do a project, it's at the invitation of someone in the country. And that's not always the case. Sometimes there's something that we are really excited to do. And then we try to find a way into the country to do it. But for us to be effective in making cross-cultural evangelistic films, which is, you know, testimonies about Jesus that are dramatic mm -hmm. in, the, in the heart language and culture of the unreached people groups that we are appealing to, uh, we definitely work very closely with local people to do that. And then once we have that invitation and we have our people in place, we usually go over there for six weeks. And, uh, and I don't need six weeks to make a movie, but we, we spend uh, a lot of that time often training local people to help us. To be your, and, your crew and your team, right? That's right, yeah. So we, all, of, all of us on our team here are trainers and we you know, train local people or you know, maybe they're international students that have learned about our program in common. I, I should probably also point out, you know, you're, you're very gracious to be promoting our website, createmobile.org, and I'm thankful for that. And it, and it should be noted that Create Mobile is just one of, I believe, about 10 teams that are with Create International around the world today. We have a number of different offices and, and bases and training sites, um, largely over in Asia and Australia. And we're, we're a little bit of the odd duck that we're you know, mostly based in the United States and our team is mostly made up of really attractive and talented Americans, mm -hmm. as opposed to like the attractive uh, Australians or Indians that are you know working in those offices. There you go. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I, it may also come down to the lobster in Massachusetts, but let's not go. <laughs> Let's not go there because my wife's Puerto Rican and you oh. start talking langosta and, and, and shrimp, camarones, we're, we're in trouble. But that's not really what this podcast is all about, seafood, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, so you, you did spend some time up in northern Thailand in Chiang Mai. Am I right about that? That's right. That's, and that was, uh, that was until recently one of our um, largest uh, training centers, and that, that's morphed uh, into other other teams doing other things these days, uh, kind of splintered into a number of different teams. But yeah, Chiang Mai, one of the, you know, I, you know, honestly, when I fly into Chiang Mai, as I do, I, I feel a little bit like I'm coming home sometimes. Mm -hmm. And my wife's had that feeling as well, because we did live there kind of off and on uh, for about two years, maybe two and a half years. But you know that's a that's a great place to uh, to have Thai food. I tell you what. 
Well, and not only that, you get a, a a baby pet elephant, you know, just by living there. So there you go. And later on, the elephant can help with the logging industry. That's if you right. haven't, if if anyone listening, and we do have <laughs> listeners in Chiang Mai, if you don't know, elephants are uh, Chiang Mai is everything that Bangkok is not. Uh, it's it's up in the hills, and there are elephants, and it the climate is very tolerable. Oh, yeah. And the food is phenomenal, but we're That's not right. talking about that again. And look at us going on to food. <laughs> of course, I'm doing the, I'm doing this right before lunch, so that's probably why I'm talking about. Oh boy! Yeah, talk, talking about food and and Thai food. Yeah. Now you know, Craig, you, they, they 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 got elephants that paint. No. Yes, that's an attraction. And I tell you what, they're they're pretty good paint. They probably paint better than me, which is embarrassing that elephants in, in Thailand can paint better than I, I can. I was not aware of that. I mean, do they do do it with brushes with their, their noses, you know, or do they That's do right. it with, they, they do the uh, avant-garde, throw the bucket of paint up on the, <laughs> up on the wall kind of stuff. No, they, they can paint things that, I mean, they're, you know, they're getting helped, I think, but you know, the, they can paint things that you would recognize as that's a flower or that's a feast. Really? Oh yeah, it's wow. amazing. Well, I'm sure that there's going to be a course soon or if this missions for stuff for you and I don't work out or you and me, uh, we could just create a master's of fine arts and elephant um, painting. And I think, I think it could be lucrative. I, I I'm think, in. yeah, I'm, I'm into, yeah. yeah. Let's just forget the podcast. Let's go straight to elephant yeah. painting. You can sign me up for that. <laughs> They're amazing. You know, my house is embarrassing. We have a son-in-law now. My uh, my my neglected middle daughter uh, married married a young man that we we absolutely love. But he would come to visit us at the house, and he would always he would always kind of like be thinking to himself, "Why do they have so many elephants?" And I and I suppose it's just that we've been collecting little elephant trinkets from all the places that we go, yeah. and yeah. now we have an elephant themed house. But ele elephants are amazing. Yes. Yes, and and everybody loves the baby elephants, and uh, you know it's true of any kind of pet. Uh, when you have a, a puppy or or little giraffe or a little elephant, people just are really drawn to to the young ones. Hey, I want to ask you a question. We're talking to Steve Baldwin here on the uh, podcast. Um, you've really ranged far afield from what you started with, Steve, when it comes to Australia and Thailand. And of course, we, we, we've talked a, a moment ago about other Asian places, South, uh, Southern Asia, the Indias of the world. You spend a lot of time there. I have too, but not at six weeks or more at a time or Pakistan. But you've also done projects in places like, um, well, Malawi with World Vision, but Sierra Leone, you did a film there. What was that like? Yeah, the, the project in Sierra Leone was really quite amazing. Um, in, in, in some ways, I, I suppose we were slumming it more there than other places because uh, the filming was largely done in a remote village that didn't have any power. And so we, did, we didn't do a lot of night shooting there. We did a little bit. But we, we mostly uh, were just there when we, we had natural available light to use. But I'll have to say that the, the, the Sierra Leone project was such a beautiful film because we had really great project partners in country, including this pastor who was an MBB, Muslim background believer, 
-hmm. who really was the one of the sweetest and dearest uh, men we've ever met. And he was there with us every step of the way, uh, translating, uh, helping to ensure that our film made sense to the people with whom we were making it. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't look like, I guess I, I don't really look back and go, gosh, that one was so hard because we were, you know, we were just living largely without power out there for a couple of weeks. It was more that um, it was such a triumph that even from this local village, we had really amazing actors, like people who've never in their la life probably acted before, but we just discovered this amazingly talented group of people in this in this village. But I will say, here's a here's a, <laughs> I was just talking with some of my buddies recently about you know you know strangest things I've ever eaten. And uh, Sierra Leone is probably the place because they they will serve you regu regularly something that they call bush meat, right? But then you try to get specific with them about what is the bush meat, and and when they can't answer it, you you know you're probably eating something that you wouldn't you wouldn't want to eat, right? Like bat or or jungle rat or, or something. Or it could be oh. um, I did lots of shoots with uh, Reinhard Bonnke back in the nineties. And uh, his truck drivers would, you know, move the big truck with all the gear from country to country. And they would shoot monkeys. They would eat monkeys. Yep. So that was their version of bush meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope I didn't eat any monkeys, but, uh, but yeah, it's possible. That, that, and no monkeys that you know of. So there you go. That's right. That's right. Now, I, I didn't I, consciously I, eat a monkey. Consciously, yeah. And you put For a good record. gravy good gravy on it and it, it works just fine yeah, that's right lots of things go well with rice that's right uh, or yeah rice a lot of people don't know that sierra leone uh believe it or not has an upcoming film industry did you know that i did uh are you referring to was it called atlantics oh no <laughs> I, I don't know about that but go ahead oh no I'm it, pretty it, sure it, that's... It, it, it's called oh is it because because Nigeria and their industry, film industry, is called Nollywood. Right. And yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was for Serial and Sollywood. I don't know. But, but they actually have an upcoming uh, dramatic film industry in Sierra Leone. Now, I was supposed to go there years ago. Just didn't quite work out with the connections. But were you aware of that at the time when you went? No, it was one of those things I learned about after the fact. Ah. Uh, but but there was a, I want to recommend a film called uh, Atlantics, um, and it turns out that that was actually filmed in Dakar. But I believe the the filmmaker uh, Maddie Dio, I, be, I believe she's a Sierra Leonean. Okay, I could be wrong, but uh, I, that that was a film that back in 2019 was getting a lot of attention, and you know, shame on me, I watched it after I left Sierra Leone. But I would recommend that. Enjoying our conversation with film director, producer, writer, me media missionary, Steve Baldwin. Hope you join us for the next episode. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org.
Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.